This time on the Fiddle Chronicles radio show, Jason Cousin and I, Eric Render King Fisk, read letters, comments, reviews, and posts from you, our listeners. But first, we talk about the microbursts that hit southern New Hampshire, tornadoes on Cape Cod, increased solar activity, climate change, and the possibility of the end of the world coming to a podcast near you. It's the Fiddle Chronicles radio show for August 3rd, 2019. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So Jay and I thought that we would do something different because we've done a couple of like really heavy shows in a row um, about politics and conspiracy theories and whatnot. And what we wanted to do was kind of go through our mailbag. And um, is that okay to say? Can we say mailbag or, or, or are we going to be targeted? Um, uh, because mailbag is it's not gender neutral. Are, are we going to get in trouble for saying that? Um uh. Because it's spelled M. I mean, we could. Uh, it's whatever. Because it, it's spelled M A I L B A G. Um, so, but a lot of people have sent us um, wonderful letters and and wonderful um, comments. And I thought, you know what? Because we should just like take some time. And just go through them and just say, hey, like, thank you for reaching out and telling us how, how uh, what you think of the show. Um, and I also want to just do a quick shout out to um, a, a new Facebook friend of mine, um, Jim Earl, who works on the Jimmy Dore show. And um, he, I, I, for some reason, we're, we're, we're mutual friends on Facebook. And I just shot him off in a, a, a quick... Um, message saying we try we mention the Jimmy Dore show as often as we can when it's relevant because he's one of the podcasters that I listen to and he's an inspiration to me because he's not afraid to say things that are a little controversial and he's not one of those people who um, sticks with the party line if anything he actually goes after both parties and he, he's adamant about um, not being partisan, he'll tell you if a if a Democrat or a Republican is being an a hole, and I and I, I like I, that, and I admire that about Jimmy Dore, and I also admire that uh, about um, uh, Jim Earl, and I you know I just want to do a shout out and, and thank them for their great work, and um, sorry if we if it sounds like we steal some of your material because <laughs> we get inspired, we get inspired. Um, we're sampling. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the word that they use in music now? We're sampling. We're sampling. So, um, but you know, but let's also be fair because we also quote rip off unquote, uh, Dennis Miller, (laughs) Penn Jillette, (laughs) Joe Rogan. I'll mention Joe Rogan once in a while. So at least we're, we're not, we're not exactly biased when it comes to who we're willing to sample from. Right. Some people may even call it plagiarism. We don't. But we don't. Some, no, some no, other, we would never do such a thing. <laughs> some other people would. So, what, so where do we want to get started here? Um, by the way, I also want to just also check in. Are, are, are you okay? How are you doing? Have you recovered? Have you recovered from that drinking binge a, a couple of couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm perfectly fine. I'm perfectly fine. Okay. You know, I found that you know keeping maintaining the alcohol blood content is a great way of of recovering. So exactly. You know, I'm doing great. Exactly. And by the way, how about you? How about you? How'd you uh, 
that microburst that ripped through that area. Oh, we want to get dude, with those the, pictures. Oh, looked. Uh, hmm. Oh, so um, on on the show page, and I've already started to build the the um, the show page for this week's show, and this is for. Um, the Fedora Chronicles presents the Metaphysical Connections News of the Week with Jason Cousineau for August 3rd, 2019. And I've already started to put, I've put all the best pictures that I have um, from the microburst on the on this page. So it might take a while to load. What had happened, and I'm not, I'm not a meteorologist, I'm not a weatherman, I'm not Willard Scott, nor do I play one on TV. We had a severe thunderstorm blow through here, and we had what is called a, a, a microburst, and I say that in quotes, which is like tornado-like conditions for a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes. And it looked as if somebody, it looked like God dragged his finger across um, parts of Winchenden and Ringe, New Hampshire. And massive, huge trees coming down. I mean, trees that are like 75, 80, 100 years old were just uprooted. Um, There's a picture of one tree that that fell and it was being held up by the power lines. So no no wonder we kept having brownouts and eventually the power went out completely. And and it reminds me of, uh, of 11 years ago when we had that massive ice storm that people are still talking about, the ice storm of December 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have no idea how much your life revolves around uh, electricity and internet access. Everything runs off of electricity now, it seems. Okay, okay. I need to correct you on one small point. There. Okay. I fully realize how much of my life revolves around electricity and internet access i'm a cloud engineer <laughs> it's what i do so yeah i i have a i have a grasp on that but i mean i understand you were using the the quote-unquote royal you you know right being uh, you the general public use the gen- <laughs> you the generic non-specific as it were exactly um and the power the power went out it's hot and it's muggy it's like high 80s, low 90s. And you have like, I don't want to say you have no idea again. <laughs> um, houses, But it's shocking. Houses are not built to exist in this modern age without HVAC, heating and air conditioning. They're just not. Because the thing is, is that whatever the weather condition is out there, the weather condition will be in here without the electricity, heat, or the air conditioning. Um, it's really hard to keep a house cool without the air conditioning running, and 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 we were miserable. And this is and the AC was out for only like maybe an hour or two before we started getting a little antsy. Um, yeah, there's nothing and. You know, uh, we had to go around and we had to light all, you know, candles. And I have this oil lamp that I like to light once in a while. Um, And by the way, those oil lamps, (laughs) the way that they smell and a little bit of smoke that they produce really does a really great job keeping the mosquitoes away. 
and other bugs. Um, but we were walking, me and some of my neighbors, some of my neighbors and I, we were walking around the neighborhood looking at some of the damage. And the one of the pictures where the picture of me, you know, sort of gesturing towards the the the, the tree, you know, that that yeah, that you're fell. Presenting the down tree. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't walk any further than that because you, you could hear crackling. And I don't know if the electricity w- finally was cut, you know, um, but uh, you didn't dare get in closer than where I was standing in that picture because, uh, you know, fear of getting electrocuted. And then just about 200, 300 feet be- beyond that, right after the turn that I don't know if you can see in this picture, there are these trees that are on the side of the road that just came down and were uprooted. And we kept saying, this is a microburst. This is a microburst. Meanwhile, a week ago, tornadoes touched down in um, Cape Cod. Really? Yeah. I hadn't heard that. And and, um, so the thing is, is that the question remains, is this global warming? Is this, quote, climate change, unquote? And it's not real until you look up you look at you look at it up close and personal. This is real. This is a real thing now. For me now, it's it's more right. real. It's more real for me now than it was a couple of days ago. Right, because you've had it basically thrown into your face. Here it is. And what do you say to that? Um, and there's a lot there's a lot of discussion and talk and debate about what it, what is causing um climate change and is it man made or is it you know is it just a nat- natural um increase of output by the sun is it a combination of things i think it's a combination of things i genuinely do i think that's part of it is man made i think that it, we're exasperating a problem with increased out, output from the sun and, but there's other technologies that we can use to pull the carbon out of the air and put it to other uses. We have that technology. We've talked about it on other podcasts. And I think there's yeah. a, it's about time that we get really serious about this issue and put these other technologies to work. We, we have seen that you could actually pull carbon out of the air and you know combine it with... Um, the humidity or the moisture that you pull out of the air to create fuel. Why aren't we doing that? Well, is I don't want to get onto a you know a wild conspiracy yeah. theory about how you know the the the, the oil companies are in, you know keeping that technology suppressed. But that's that's a, that's an honest, genuine question. There are technologies that we could use that can reduce our reliance on fossil fuels why aren't we using them we should be doing more of that so it's it, it is it's it's very real for me yeah um and for me it, it became real in june of 2011 when a tornado ripped through western massachusetts about two or three miles from my house yeah and just tore through the area where my uncle lived and we had a few of the local teenagers over at the house because we did role-playing games. And um, when the tornado ripped through, we just grabbed shovels, rakes, chainsaws, implements of destruction out of my shed and drove into the area. And we were clearing out 
um, killing out these downed trees that were behind my uncle's house uh, on the road that ran in back of him. Mm -hmm. And the cop pulled up to us and asked how we were, if we were okay. And we said, yeah. He's like, what have you heard? And we're like, we haven't really heard anything. We saw the tornado rip through and figured people needed help. And we asked him what he heard. And he's like, we lost the police station. Yeah. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you lost the police station? I, he said, it's not there anymore. The tornado had picked up the police headquarters of the town and threw it across the street where it was on top of like a diner or something. I don't know. I don't remember what the business was. And you really get confronted with the sheer power of nature in those moments. I mean, you were looking at down trees. It looked like freaking nuclear blast. It looked like. Yeah. Remember the Tunguska incident? I sure do. Yeah. It, it looked kind of like that where trees were just freaking flattened and gone. It looked like the hand of God had reached down and just smudged all of the green. They had uh, they had satellite imagery. It looked like the finger of God had come down and just smudged all the green off in a mile-wide, five-mile-long stretch of western Massachusetts, a sea of green with this one line yeah. of, of yellow and brown. Because of the area, that particular area had been practically scrubbed clean of vegetation from the force of the, of the tornado. Yeah. Tornadoes are no joke. Tornadoes are scary as fuck. All the power of a hurricane in something that is a mile or less in diameter. It's terrifying. It absolutely is. I mean, if you're, when you're talking about wind so strong, they can send a plastic straw through an oak tree. Yeah. It's not something to mess with. No. Now, it's... is that, um, is that an example of global warming or the climate change? I don't know, because tornadoes have been around for for quite some time, and it's not the first time that New England was hit by a, a sizable tornado. It just doesn't happen as often there. But the conditions can be met. You know, there's a hurricane. Well, now they call them hurricanes. They used to call them something else. Right. Uh, there's a hurricane that's supposed to be hitting California in the next week or so. Yeah, I thought that it was if it if it's if it's in the Atlantic Ocean they call it a hurricane, but if it's in the Pacific Ocean they call it a typhoon. I'm not sure. Yeah, they stopped doing that. They changed that. They no longer do that. It's they changed that. I want to say five years ago, six years ago, wasn't that long ago? Yeah, they just call them both hurricanes now. Yeah, because a typhoon is the season where you get really heavy torrential rains you don't have as high of a wind and it's it hits certain areas like in the tropics and it lasts for several weeks yeah so they've started calling both because they're the same thing they're both tropical storms and they started calling them in whether it's in the pacific or the atlantic they start calling them hurricanes now yeah but yeah you're right that used to be how what they called it it's and it's terrifying it's it is i don't even know what to I don't know. I don't know what else to call it other than terrifying. Well, that's because it's such an apt word. Um, winds that go up to that sustained winds of 80, 70, 80 miles an hour, uh, bursts of winds that go up to 200 miles an hour. There's really not a whole lot else that can be used to describe it other than terrifying. Yeah. And it was know, or the, the synonyms like horrifying or you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just scary as fuck. Yeah. 
It, it, it really is. And I have video of it. I'm going to try and put it up on YouTube. Um, but it is, um, I don't even know. It's one of those things where it's like when it's happening, as it's happening, there is this otherworldly sort of like you're in a nightmare kind of state. You're in like we were in like shock as it was happening, seeing trees like we have these birch trees that are leaning in one direction ordinarily. And when this microburst went through, it was actually bending over the opposite way. And it was like, that's not right. And there's a part of your brain that starts to uh, or there's a part of my brain that just started to like shut down and and, because it just could not handle all of these things happening all at once and they're contrary um to what you uh, to what you're used to what should be happening like like rain should not be falling <laughs> it should not be rain should not be following south to north it should be from up to down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Rain should not. Yeah, absolutely. Rain should be go, going um, top to bottom, not <laughs> right to left. <laughs> it, that, that's not right. Trees, trees should not be, um, you know, being blown sideways in the opposite direction in which they're growing. You know, trees that have always been here since we've lived here should not just up and disappear. <laughs> or and it's like, and what's that loud noise? What's that loud cra- crash? Is that uh, is that lightning, or is that a, a you know tree branches and trees being uprooted? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's yeah. like it's. I mean, it's hard. I I, I remember seeing. I remember seeing storms both when i was in the coast guard and, and growing up we had some pretty heavy storms there was a hurricane that ripped through i forget what year it was i want to say it was the early 80s because we were living in the house my parents live in now and i was but i was still very young yeah and i just remember seeing branches falling being ripped off of trees and just going tumbling past the house like they were like they were twigs and these are branches that are maybe two feet thick that just yep. got ripped off the trees. And we were on the outskirts, by the way, yep. of that particular hurricane. We did not get hit by the the brunt of the storm. Um, one thing I will say, having been caught in a hurricane out at sea, is you hear stories about going through the eye of a hurricane mm-hmm. and how eerie it is, mm-hmm. but it's nothing to the reality when you actually do go through it. You just, it, there's so much sound and and motion and and just the rain and the wind and it's dark and as you're going through the hurricane and then when you reach the eye it's like it's like someone flipped a switch and all of a sudden there's no wind there's no rain there's not even clouds you know it's just it's just sunlight yeah it's just like just another beautiful day and you have the this wall going around you that is just pure chaos. And of course, it's the sea. So the further you get into the eye of the storm, the calmer the seas get. Yep. So when it first happens, it's a little, it throws you off a little bit because the seas are rougher than they should be for the, what you're seeing. And then as you go in, it gets smoother. And then as you get closer to the other side of the eye, 
which lasts entirely too short, it's it picks up again, and then it just you're hit full force with the one of the most violent parts of the storm again as you leave the eye. Yeah, it's scary as hell. I mean, there's there's been quite a few times. So we, our boat was 378 feet long. I mean, that's a big fucking boat. Right. Right. And when you're sitting on it and you're out at sea, you think I'm just a just a toothpick. It's a glorified toothpick. Then when you you're in a storm like a hurricane, I mean, genuinely scared that something it you're just it's almost pure blind luck that you don't get hit by a big enough wave or a strong enough wind that you get thrown overboard. And what makes it somewhat safer out at sea is there's no trees. There's nothing for the wind to pick up and throw at you except except water. Yeah. Water can do a lot of damage though, but normally anyway, it has to be in, in fairly sizable bulk. But it's still scary as hell. Because you're the winds are being are whipping up the seas. You're in these giant troughs with these huge waves and a storm out at sea is not fun. And our hurricane is just a super storm. Yeah. So it's, it's very humbling. Um, yeah. So and we just, you know, we also, if checking out the local newspapers, they say um, that, oh, yeah, there's a list of, of um, landmarks that were either damaged or destroyed in the region that are going to be rebuilt or... Um, you know they're 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 going to be repaired or whatever like that. Be, you know after mm-hmm. this recent storm, and it's mm-hmm. it's um it's sort of like everything else that was really important um Tuesday mm-hmm. or 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 Monday. Everything like the most important things that 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 you were thinking about or concerned about are suddenly the day after. It's it's not a big deal anymore. It really isn't. It's like it's not. And then. One of the things that I had thought about was because we have we have this maple tree right outside our house, and the thing is, is that what if that fell on our house and somebody the one in your front yard? No, in our backyard. It's not. Yeah, it's like it's um, it's it's kitty corner to the house. And the thing is, is that what if that fell and killed one of us or killed me? Yeah. You think about you think about things like that, because somebody somebody lost their Subaru because of a falling tree, and it was just like it's. I mean, and I can't help but laugh because Subaru is a funny word. I don't know why. I didn't think when I think when I hear the word Subaru, I just want to laugh a little. It's a funny (laughs) word. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all those Subaru drivers. When I say (laughs) when I say a tree fell on somebody's Subaru, and I start to laugh a little, it's nothing. I'm sorry. I don't mean anything by it. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your car, or I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at the the word Subaru. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and uh, and also, and and uh, somebody was driving through the through the storm, and while they were driving on the road trying to get home, a branch fell on them, on the back of their car, and I can't help but wonder. Jeez. I cannot help but wonder if they were going a little faster or a little slower, like what what could have happened. And it honestly makes you stop and think and appreciate everything that you have. Case in point, our listeners and our our members on our Facebook page. Um, 
and people yeah. that I, I I've known for years, and I've never had a moment to say thank you for your friendship and 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 your and following us on on social media. Yeah. So that's that's the basis, I guess, of why I wanted to do the show. Yeah. When I worked, um, when I worked at a really large tech company or what used to be a really large tech company in, in southeastern Massachusetts. There was a couple that worked there that got married. They worked in different departments. Yeah. And we heard that they had died in a car accident. And we were like, oh, that's horrible because they had just gotten married. They were literally two days back from their honeymoon getting ready to go to work the next day. And we heard they died in a car accident. It was awful. Then we found out the truth as time go, you know, as time passes, you find out he had gotten into a car accident, was rushed to the hospital. It didn't look good. They had called her on her cell phone and she was shopping. So she was rushing over to the hospital when she got T-boned and they both ended up dying from their injuries. And life is, there's a lot of luck involved in life in surviving to yeah. whatever age you end up surviving to, right? Like you have no, con- you have some control over like your diet, your exercise, blah, blah, blah. Right. But there's so much of life you don't have control over, right? Some people can smoke a pack a day for 35 years and never get cancer. Some people smoke six cigarettes and they get cancer from it. Right. There is a bit of genetics involved in that. And let's face it, genetics are pure luck. Yeah. You either are born with good genetics or you're not. You have no control over that. And it's just really What do you say to that? Sobering. What? Yeah. It's really sobering when you realize it. When something happens and you realize that l- quite literally it's just blind luck that that didn't kill me. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of things. There's a lot of close calls. Um such as 11 years ago, yeah. coincidentally, Carol's accident. That was it was that was that was a a real brutal time that was rough i mean the idea that you know she almost died and now she's walking around as if it never even happened sometimes we go months without thinking about it yeah and we get into arguments and fights over and i will admit this because you know i'm usually the cause of these (laughs) stupid fights over stupid shit like um don't leave lemons on the ground, cut up lemons on the granite top. Um, <laughs> the maraschino cherries for my Manhattan cocktails. You know, clean yeah. up after my goddamn mess. Yeah. Um, my, my son's a bit of a germaphobe. He wants everybody to in this house to wash their hands in a certain order. Shut the lid to the toilet flush yeah wash your hands while you're washing your hands like sing the happy birthday song or something else that takes just as long dry your hands Mm -hmm. before you touch the doorknob you know (laughs) and it was just like it's a simple thing it's and it was just like you know instead of arguing with him and saying what does it freaking matter and it was just like well it matters to him and and it's like you know um Two weeks ago, I was upset with the the Italian post office because they were slow in updating the tracking information from my re my reblocked hat that I got from uh, Andrea Tognarelli in Italy. 
And the thing is, is that, man, that's like really a first world problem. <laughs> there are people who are starving to death, and I'm concerned that the Italian Post is not updating their website fast enough for me to find out where my hat is in, tr- in transit, and will I get it before my 50th birthday? I mean, geez, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. Privileged problems, right? right? And it was just like, you know, what if, what if one day my wife just doesn't come home because of an accident? Yeah. What what, what do you do? You know, and I, and and um, I love her to pieces. I I, and I honestly do. And there are times when I say goodbye to her. There are times I wonder. Since her accident, I've wondered: Is she going to come home? Is she going to be okay? Yeah, especially, I mean, there's been times when she's been flying and statistically flying is safer, blah, 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 blah. But it's still horrifying. Yeah. You get into a minor car accident, you can have a fender bender in a car. Yep. But if you you don't have a fender bender when you're in the sky. No. You better hope you're flying. (laughs) There's no such thing as, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Here's here's 10 bucks for the touch of paint. You don't have those kind of, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Right. You know, so and yeah, no, it's yeah. And while I was driving for Lyft, I witnessed and I actually counted. Um, I saw four, um, three, three pedestrians hit by a car, one bicyclist hit by a car, and I and I and I saw like like four accidents, like like right in front of me, like like. I like right in front of me. I've seen I've seen accidents where they're either head-on collisions or somebody got t-boned or something like that. And the thing is, is that somewhere out there, there's an accident with my name on it, and it keeps missing yeah. me. Um, and that's it. You're just you're you're done. I mean, there's a moment when you just realize I can't do this anymore. Whether it's driving for Lyft or 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 you get this ridiculous job where you got to commute two hours every day or something like that. He says you got to put, you got to like prioritize your time when you're at home. And there are some things that are not important. Um, and I think that one of the things is like we, we get all caught up in like the moment, like like oh what's the latest Facebook controversy? What are people saying about yeah. the Democratic the debates or whatever? And it was like. What about just taking time to just enjoy life being here on Earth? You know, I mean, what I mean? it sounds somewhat like a cliche or, or a platitude, but it, it's it's true though. I mean, we really should all of us. You know, I try and make it a point once a week to just take a moment and appreciate what I have. You know, and what I have is, you know, I have, I make enough income I can pay all my bills. I'm not worrying about am I going to be able to afford rent or afford the mortgage. I'm grateful for that. I've got healthy children who are not in danger of any, of, you know, the, the jobs they have are not inherently dangerous or anything like that. You know, it's just, you know, I've, I've got a lot going on in my life. I've got good friends. I got people I can count on if I need help. And there's a lot I have to be grateful for. I really do. And I'm, I'm actually grateful. I am grateful for the fans. I know that sounds like, you know, doing like lip service or whatever, but in all honesty, you and I could be talking to each other without publishing any of this. 
and it wouldn't really change our lives all that much. But no. the fact that people actually listen to us prattle on about various topics, right. uh, you know, even the the more stranger ones that that we talk about on this podcast, you know, the paranormal stuff and the conspiracy theories, and that 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 has an audience. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, you know, and it's it's awesome. It's it's just it's a wonderful thing. It's yeah. a wonderful thing to to be welcomed into people's lives when they don't have to listen to you. They could they could go on their about their day and listen right. to anyone else, but they chose to spend a couple hours with us. Right, that's great. So speaking of these people, um, I, let me think. I got I, I have so many windows open. It's not even funny here. So here's a letter that I wanted to read, and this is from um, from Jeffrey. Uh, I like the podcast, and I love your style. You have helped me through a lot of dull days at work. Sadly, it's tough to be a diesel punk and get vintage fedoras and suits. And he rattles off the name of his. And by the way, you do your head is not that big. That I think that that's average. And he gives us his measurements. But I wear a new yeah. one with pride. I was raised with my grandpa, born 1929, and I loved his style. I didn't realize I was a diesel punk until I heard your podcast. Maybe you could do a podcast about fedoras. Thanks, Eric. And that's from Jeffrey. And Jeffrey, I hope you realize that we 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 have the uh, Fedora Chronicles Facebook page. And we have a lot of hatters who show up on uh, the forum. And uh, we have people who actually talk about the craft, about making what goes into making a fedora. Um, we have... and. They're a, a great group of people, and they, um, like uh, Andrea Tognarelli, who I now have two, and soon it's going to be three fedoras of his. And I told What's the Italian post gets off their ass. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't. Well, first, I mean, for me to for me to get the fedora, I actually have to get the scratch together and order it so he can make pay him so he can make yep. it. But I'm already thinking about the the next one that I want him to make. Okay, yeah, I the, get it, I the, get it. The thing is, is that we have this, just do a search, just for groups, just type Fedora Chronicles, and we have we actually have two groups. We have one for this podcast where we post news items, because I don't like talking about politics on our original Fedora Chronicles group. But over on the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week and radio show Facebook group, we post links to strange news stories. And the slogan to the to the news group is, we find and mock strange news stories so you don't have to. <laughs> but no, I mean, if you're not already a member, join us. And we do talk about, we talk about vintage style. And we talk about, um, you know, incorporating 1920s, 30s, and 40s style into your modern day life. And if that's not good enough, check out John Pica's podcast, the Diesel Punk Podcast, where he, the king uh, or the prophet of pop culture, John Pica, talks about all all kinds of crazy stuff in the media that's related to people like us, Diesel Punks. Yeah. So, so what do you have to say to, to, to Jeffrey, Jay? I appreciate the fact that I know that I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, exa- isn't that it? <laughs> That's really it. I mean, uh, you don't see a lot of people with fedoras. And in 
people wearing fedoras generally have a bad rep on the internet, but those are mostly people who wear trilbies, not fedoras. Exactly. And they have neck beards. So just, it's actually got into an intense discussion with someone at work because he was wearing a trilby and, and I wore my fedora and he said, oh, nice fedora. I said, yeah, nice trilby. He's like, no, I'm wearing a fedora. I'm like, no, it's a trilby. You can think it's a fedora, but right. it's a trilby. Right. He's like, no, it's a Cuban fedora. I said, also known as a trilby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight you but, over this. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to fight you, but I'm not going to say you're right either. <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, it's um, the thing is, is one of the things that Eric has been doing for, for decades is, did I just say decades? Decades. For a long time. We'll leave it at a long time, is encouraging people to find their own style and embrace it. It doesn't matter what you like to wear. Right. As long as you're not breaking any local ordinance laws wear it and wear it with pride be you and it doesn't matter if you think you got a melon head and you're huge it doesn't there are hatters out there who make a hat for you and people do make clothes for you and you know embrace it dude embrace it one of appreciate it one of the things that we also need to do is we need to update our vendors page um, and, oh, yeah. and, and the thing is, is that the vendors page has gotten so long and so big, I'm actually thinking about breaking it off into three separate pages, standalone pages by themselves. Um, but no, I mean, and here's the thing, uh, um, Jeffrey also told me stories about his grandfather that I hope that he can share on the Fedora Chronicles Facebook group. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Be- because I mean, this, he sounds like an amazing character. So, yeah. So, yeah. Jeffrey, I, I hope we get to see you more on on the uh, the Fedora Chronicles Facebook group. Uh, let me hear. Let's see here. This is from uh, Bradley Johnson. I'm new to the group, and I thought I would introduce myself. My name is Brad, and I'm a hat addict. Welcome, Brad. Welcome. Uh, among other things, while my main lid tends to be fedoras i also like top hats and bowlers does this group take offense to sharing other types of headwear if so i will keep my posts focus on fedoras high crowned wide brims stingy brims teardrops diamonds etc anyhow all right so let me let me uh let me interject in here um we take offense to you thinking we take offense Dude, you want to talk about your bowlers? You want to talk about your top hats? Yeah. Bring it on, baby. We ain't afraid. We ain't ashamed. We have no pride. If you've been listening to this podcast, you should know this. We have pride in weird stuff, but, you know, we don't have, exactly. we don't have pride the way other people have pride. Back to his letter. Anyhow, here is a recent high crown from an Italian company called Mauve, M-O-V-E. Picked one up through Rome last year. I have adorned it with... Uh, Stingway Barb, my son gave to me. Cheers, Bradley Johnson. Here's the thing is, and this is a, uh, it's like angels talking to us uh, and whispering in our ears, you you really need to talk about this topic. Because I was, I sat down and I'm five paragraphs into an article that I started writing about this, this very, this very topic. Um, you know, there there are something like I am anti stupid bad hat, but I'm more anti rude condescending behavior. There are some things that you look great in. 
there's there's a website out there and I'm not going to give them a, I'm not going to tell anybody who they are. I'm not going to send any traffic their direction. I don't even know if they have I think they had a Facebook group and I left it because some of the bad behavior from their original forum followed them to their Facebook group. And one of the reasons why I stopped posting there and it's various reasons but it's the snobbery it's the elitist behavior. Um, and it's like the entire notion is that it's an, ex- it's an exclusive club. You're able to hang out at the bar and at the lobby, but you're not allowed to go beyond um, the swinging doors into the main club. And they look down on people who don't conform to their standards. And I, I, I don't want to be that person. Well, that's anathema to everything that you've been espousing since I've known you. I hate conformity is is not. It's easy to conform. It's not easy to go against the grain. Yeah, there's um, there uh, there's a couple of men's magazines, and they have a style section, and they have this one page that tells you what's in and what's out, and there are these knuckleheads, their readers, who strictly adhere. To this, like Eric, didn't you read in Maxim magazine that safari shirts are out? But they were in last week, weren't they? But they're out now, Eric. You shouldn't be wearing them. Who are these people, especially yeah. men our age? And when I say men our age, I'm talking about the the forty to sixty demographic. Mm-hmm. Who have this disposable income and have all this time on their hands? to look at what's in and what's out and they'll take things out of their closet and they might put them in boxes somewhere and save that those things for when they're back in style again or they'll throw them out and have to buy new when they're back in style again and it was just like do you not realize that you're being jerked around guys and gals especially i mean women and I don't, I don't mean to sound sexist, but women also women adhere to this more. Um, there's a there was a redheaded woman in my life who I also won't mention because I don't want any more death threats. Who used to strictly adhere to this? That's that's out. You can't wear that. How dare you wear white after Labor Day? What the what's wrong with you? Yeah. It's almost as if it's like it's a group collective mental disease, as it were. Um, and people who look at designers like, and he, he, here I am, I'm going off on a tangent. And it's maybe someday I'll make my point, Jay. <laughs> I have patience. I have patience. I raised four kids. Keep going, dude. So you have these fashion designers who they look like they're on drugs and they're laughing and drinking and smoking and what what's the most ridiculous thing we can come up with and that people would actually wear? Gucci does this, and Tom Brown is a designer that I love to hate. And they come up with these, these designs for men that look like things that the Salvation Army put in the dumpster because after 20 years of being on the rack, nobody wants this crap anymore. 
they look like that bad. Like, and it's like for wearing um, uh, uh, to athletic tube socks with high water pants. Like, wearing that in the 80s would get your ass beat walking home from school. And they're doing you a favor. But now, now you see it on, on the runways at Milan Fashion Show. And it was like, well, there's a part of me that wonders if some of these fashion designers weren't beat up as kids in the 80s. And they're like, you'll regret it, man. You're going to regret it. <laughs> that's not a that's that's a that's a great conspiracy theory right there. That, that's our conspiracy theory of the week. Tom Brown, <laughs> Tom Brown is a fashion designer who got his ass beat. And is now trying to make everybody dress the way the jocks used to make them. Like, did you ever have like jocks make you leave the locker room with your underwear outside your pants? Has that ever happened? Or have you done that? To, no, not to, to me. Not to me. My school was too small. The jocks, a lot of times, were also in like the AP courses and stuff. So yeah. So, but I mean, you can you can imagine that happening, and you can. Oh yeah. Oh you, yeah. You know. Um, now, but now if you do it, now you do it in the, in, in the two, in the, in the 2000 teens, the 2020s, that's, that's considered sexual assault now. Right. <laughs> we, we used to call it bu- bullying and just having fun. Now it's considered sexual assault and for good reason, I guess. Um, yeah. not that we're making fun of sexual assault, put away your, no. pay, put away your poison pens. Um, modern fashion sucks. And there are a lot of memes that you have pictures of Cary Grant wearing an excellent suit, an excellent overcoat, um, and, and, a, and a fedora. And next to that is a picture of kids dressing like killer clowns in a post-apocalyptic movie. And the caption underneath is, men, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Drugs. Drugs happened. <laughs> you can tell how much drugs your fashion designer has done while designing clothes just by looking at them. Well, one of the things that I like, my daughter um, told me I needed to watch Queer Eye. Yeah. So I started watching it, and I guess there are five seasons in. I've watched the first four seasons. Yeah. And I forget the guy's name, but he's their quote unquote fashion consultant yeah and one of the things i love about the entire show is they're all about embrace you yep if this is you be you just embrace who you are celebrate who you are and the you know the people who mind don't matter and the people who matter don't mind kind of a thing yeah if I had to encapsulate the show into one thing that would be it you're talking about um, the new you're talking about the revival that has yep. a new Fab Five, not the old one. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I've never seen the old one. I only I've only watched the new one. I've watched it a and couple their, of times. And it their was fashion awful. guy is he keeps saying I don't give a shit about fashion. Fashion is for rich people who want to chase trends. If you want to be you, you have to find a style that you're comfortable with and that you can afford, and that's what you maintain. Yeah, and I love that. You know, because that's basically what we embrace all the time. 
you know, is if you want to wear fedoras, go ahead and wear fedoras. If you right. want to wear a top hat, wear a top hat. Wear a bowler, wear a ball cap. I don't care. Be you, though. Don't be what someone else thinks you should be. You should be who you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, but one of the things that I hated about the old Queer Eye was Carson Creasy, mm-hmm. Creasley saying, like, this is an episode with Sean Kay, who is a fellow fedora wearer. Mm-hmm. And Carson had said, you're, you're too old to be playing dress up. And since then, I've, I've, I've hated that guy. I've hated that guy with a passion of 10,000 burning suns. And it was just like, yeah, this guy is a dick. So, um, so the thing is, is that, and, and also getting back to, getting back to his letter here, um, one, cause way back, I'm trying to think how far, how far back do I want to go? It was actually 15 years ago this summer and I was working mm-hmm. on the website, the Indie Experience and Aaron Gant was getting ready to sort of move on with the rest of his life. And he wanted to do something else. And this is back in 2000. I think it was t- back in 2004. Yeah, it was literally the summer of 2004. And I'm walking with my now oldest son. He was, it was, and it was months before our youngest son was born. And we were walking around mm-hmm. the public lands in Car. And I'll and, I, and I'll tell you exactly where it was. It was in Carlisle, Massachusetts. And I was walking around and I was thinking about what it is that I wanted to do in my spare time now that the indie experience is probably going to go away and i came up with the idea of doing my own website where people could actually talk more about their their own adventures their own travels their the things that they like to do instead of focusing on one fictional character in a series of movies right i remember receiving a phone call around that time frame (laughs) right and the thing is is and and um, I was getting into these really heated a- arguments on this indie fan forum, and pro- the, the writing was pretty much on the wa- on the wall that I was going to get banned or suspended. Because one of the things I kept asking is, when is it going to start being about you? When are you going to start living your life for you? Instead of living vicariously through these three, now four movies. Don't get me wrong, nobody liked these movies more than I did. But the thing is, is that how, how much fan fiction can you write and not try to get your, your work published from whatever, whoever was printing the books for Lucasfilm back then? You know how how many how many fan theories can you write about until you're done? How I mean, and perfect example: Casablanca or the Maltese Falcon. Maybe the Maltese Falcon is probably a a bad example because Dashiell Hammett wrote a lot of other books besides the Maltese Falcon. How much fan right. fiction can you write about Casablanca or the Maltese yeah. or the Maltese Falcon? At some point, and when are you going to put on your fedora, finish getting dressed, going out, and try something new? Like there's a there's a, there's a there's a, a new Waffle House down the street from where you live, you know. Go, try something new on the menu, and come back and write about it. 
And I'm, I, guarantee, I guarantee you it's going to be more interesting than, hey, I, I, I just watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and I noticed something in, in, in the Well of Souls engraved on the wall that I had never seen before. Yeah. There's, a, there's so much more than, than that. So the thing is, is that that's the reason why I started the Fedora Chronicles, leaning heavily on the Chronicles part. The, you know, the name, the name of the website came to me in the shower. And I just, what a great name for a website. So people with similar interests can write about their own adventures, their own travels. Because the thing is, and this is the thing about like nerd geek culture that drives me crazy is that we don't, we don't, we're not selfish enough, as crazy as it sounds. No, no, nobody cares about your theory about what Luke Skywalker was doing between the end of Return of the Jedi and um, The Force Awakens. What we really care about is you getting dressed up, getting on an airplane and going to Rome. I'm more, I, that, I mean, um, Bradley Johnson talking about this fedora that he picked up in Rome. I'm more interested to see his pictures that he took in Rome last year. And the reason why I picked the name Chronicles is because, and I, and I also said this in the introduction to the, 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 um, the introduction to our Facebook group. This is, a, this is supposed to be about celebrating you and what you do. This is not an Indiana Jones fan group. Right. I'll quit my own group if it ever becomes that. <laughs> but the thing is, is that by all means, Bradley, we'd love to see your hat collection. But we also want to see yeah. you wearing your hats during your trips, during your travels. Yeah. Take And honestly, lest we send the wrong impression, when we say travels... We don't mean, you know, when you're going to some exotic location. Take a picture of yourself when you're at the, you know, you're at the grocery store. You know, you're getting ready to leave for the day to go to work or whatever. Because we want to celebrate you as an individual. And that's for everyone on the group. You know, we, we, want, we want to celebrate people who, like us, every day is an adventure. Right. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Every fucking day is an adventure. And... If you're wearing your fedora when you do it, great. If you're wearing your favorite fucking coat, whatever. You know, you feel just, you know, like like that old Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. I'm wearing my rocket pants under, I'm rocket ship underpants today. I feel fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> yeah. You want to take a picture? Go ahead. I don't want to. Preferably s- not in your underwear because Facebook gets a little weird about that. I don't unless you're, see. you know, unless you're a child. And then in which case, apparently they're okay with child nudity. Only adult nudity they have a problem with. That's but the anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, we want to we want to celebrate the day to day because there's no such thing as mundane. You know? Yeah. There's what you're used to. But what you're used to could be incredibly exciting to someone else just cuz it's boring for you. We want to see how you break out of mundane as well. Absolutely, especially that. Yeah. Especially that. Um, Sean Puckett wrote this and this this started a a, a great thread. He posted this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm mentioning it now. One of my favorite things about this group is that I am reminded daily that my fedora is a badge of honor and should be worn as much as possible. 
I don't have to dress to the hat. The hat is a part of me. Thank you, Eric, and every member of this page for inspiration. Sean, that's an awesome letter. Oh, yeah. That is incredible. The thing is, is that it's people like Sean who were um, the target audience for this article that I wrote. And you look it up on Google, The Rogan Scoundrel's Guide to Wearing a Fedora. And, <laughs> and the thing is, is that, and I wrote this in response to the snot who posted this video on his YouTube channel about the proper way to find and wear a fedora. And it was just like, it's the same as those people who have those, um, when to don and doff your fedora. That sheet, you know, when to don and doff your fedora, you can ball that up into a tight little paper ball and shove that right up your ass. Because there's something about that sh that little sheet of paper that seems a little too uppity to me. Who who uses the words "dawn" and "doff your fedora"? If it if it wasn't for that Christmas Carol, I don't think that you would know what the word "dawn" actually means. The thing is, is that we are we are in a sea of numbskulls who wear ball caps. All the damn time. I often wonder if they're just surgically attached to these people's heads because they never come off. You see people wearing ball caps everywhere. And then somebody is going to send me a link to when to don and doff your fedora. And it, it's like... Um, Tell you what, dude, I'll don and doff my fedora wherever the fuck I want. Right. And... Um, and it's almost, it's written in the same kind of like, the same kind of um, verbiage as when you're drinking tea, be sure you have your pinky finger sticking out <laughs> at a 95 degrees. I'll tell you where I'm going to put this pinky, pal. <laughs> okay. You may enjoy it, you may not, but it's going there. <laughs> <laughs> but the simple fact of the matter is, is that people... People do not know. The only time that I will take my fedora off in a public place is like if it's a church or where people are eating. Um, I don't like it when people make a show of look, everybody, I'm I'm doffing my fedora. I, you know, and look, everybody, I'm donning my fedora, and it, it, it's like you look like an. It, you look like you're calling attention to yourself. Where do you know? You know when they say "win in Rome, do as the Romans do." Yeah. Follow everybody else's example. Keep your fedora on when other people have their ball caps on. Take your hat off when other people are taking their their ball caps off. But it's like if if you feel weird in a restaurant and you still have your fedora, obviously take your fedora off in a restaurant. When you actually sit down to eat, like when you're hanging at the bar, dude, no holds barred. Um, and one of the things I also said, rule 10, if you're going to wear a fedora, be the kind of person who wears a fedora, you know, and you, you can dress to the hat. You can build wardrobes. Items of clothing that go together that look great with your foot. There's nothing wrong with that. Take a couple of minutes and put yourself together. But just have fun with it. 
don't yeah. don't be one of those uptight people with broomsticks up their keisters and you know don't be one of those um because the word nazi has been overused what's don't be one of those like snobs yeah that snob d- i like snob don't be a snob about it yeah. and the thing is is that the picture of sean that he put in you know on our facebook page he looks awesome yes he looks like he is comfortable in who he is and he is just a man out enjoying his day yeah and i say man because he happens to be a man you know and that's the other thing too we're we don't discourage women from wearing fedoras hell no or anything else in fact i may say yeah it's kind of fucking sexy just saying just saying but you know um we want you to be comfortable with who you are and know that we're not going to judge you no you know we are all about celebrating the unique individuals that make up our society. Because too often we find ourselves being pigeonholed into this group or that group, whether it's politically, socially, whatever. Fuck that. You may be a member of said group. You may not. We don't give a shit. What we care about is you, the individual. But what's, what's really killing a lot of the groups that have been around for ages is the snobbery. Yeah. Um. And I and I I have no idea what else to say about that. It's the snobbery that is really sort of killing these groups that have existed for ages. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. Other, yeah. You know, well, other, other than honestly, um, I want to I want to just thank Jeffrey and Bradley and um, and Sean. Thanks for writing to us, dude. Exactly. You know, and by the way, seriously. And by the way, we're not even Go done. Ahead. We're not even done. Oh, dude, really? Really? Where we got? We got. But wait, there's more. Um, you only sent me those three. You holding out? What the fuck? I no. I sent. How you am I another- supposed to react to these things if you don't send them to me ahead of time? Jack Crud. There will be more swearing. Right. Just, just so we're clear, there will be more swearing. Jack Crud asks this question. Jack Crud is, uh, he used to be a hatter, I think, over at Herbert Johnson. And he's, a, he's an incredible uh, reservoir of, of information about hatters. And here's the thing is, is that um, as of now, before I edit out all the excessive um, long periods of silence and, and lags and stuff like that, or a little more than an hour into the podcast... So, but I don't know. I don't know if we have enough time to adequately answer Jack's question. Jack yeah. Crud asks: Would you rather buy a vintage hat for say three hundred dollars, or a brand new bespoke hat from a contemporary hatter? I have my answer. You, Jay, you go ahead first. That's that's that's, that's a hard one because. There's something about buying something vintage that has been around for years and years and years. There's a story inherent to that article, whether it's a hat, uh, a shirt, a book, a knickknack that goes on a shelf. There's stories that are tied to that, whether you know those stories or not. There's something to owning that, to having that as part of your life that, that, that adds a richness and a history to it. That being said... A hat that's made specifically for you, especially one that if if you can afford it, you can get one that's made to your specifications. Yeah. They seem to always fit better. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe I got a weird shape head. I've heard worse. So it's possible I've got a weird shape head. And um, I do have a small size head. Mm -hmm. I don't wear a really large hat or anything. Um, So for me, if I'm buying a hat, I generally have to go bespoke and I have to fork out a little extra for it because it, it won't fit my head right. Vintage hats for me, you generally don't fit. Right. Generally, they, they just don't fit right. They won't stay on my head. So for me, I'm generally going to buy a bespoke hat because I can actually wear it. If I could find a vintage hat that fit my head right and wouldn't fall off when you know I turn my head too fast, that would be a hard that would be a hard thing to pass up because that's just there's that story and that history behind right. it and and there's you know it could be something benign you know Joe Schmuckatelli wore this when he drove across the United States and then it blew off his his head in a windstorm out here and someone picked it up and set it in their closet thinking oh I'll return it to Joe next time I see him but you know it was the 1800s and you know you don't really run into people all that often right. so whatever you know, it, it may not be a dynamic story. It may not be a story worthy of a of a movie, but there is still a history behind it. There is still that individual's story or those individuals who owned that hat before you, and you're adding to that. So, how about you? What do you think? Well, I, here's my whole issue with all of that is, well, um, I'm of two thoughts on this. First and foremost, there is, there's a finite pool of vintage fedoras out there. It's finite. There's, there's an actual, you could put a number on it. And I'm going to say there's 90,000 vintage fedoras out there mm-hmm. that are, are good enough that will pass for new in their shape. I'm using new in quotations. That... Mm-hmm. Um, they look like brand new right out of the box and you could wear them literally right out of the box. Um, and that number is shrinking. It used to be, it used to be like 2 million 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and people buy hats and what do they, what do they do when they buy hats? Well, they wear them. And they go out and they wear them and it's like, if it's your favorite hat, you'll wear it almost every day. And at some point, it's not, quote, new anymore. And it's not in great shape anymore. That's the nature mm-hmm. of it. That's the nature of, of wearing hats. Uh, you know, my adventure belt, I wore every day for almost 15 years. And I, I, I need to send it out and get it reblocked because it, it's starting to look a little like a trilby now. Um, <laughs> and, um, and there's a great guy out there. I'm going to mention Andrea again. Um, he does a great job reblocking hats. When you buy a, a a handmade bespoke, and I I don't know why I don't like that word. It's like the word I don't know why I don't like the word sandwich, and I don't like the word congratulations for reasons I don't understand. I just don't like those words. Bespoke is one of those <laughs> words that I just don't I don't I can't explain it. It's the same reason why I laugh sometimes when I say the word Subaru. <laughs> I don't understand it. So anyway, when you buy a brand new fedora that somebody is making for you, you're doing two things simultaneously. You're helping to keep the craft alive. So that, so since I bought 
a brand new fedora or three from Andrea. He's going to be around longer to be a hatter for when somebody else wants a brand new fedora made by, by him. He's going to pass on what he's learned. You're going to keep the art of hat making alive. Yeah. You put him to work. He's able to make a living doing what he loves to do. And you're keeping the craft alive. Which, to be honest with you, whether we're talking about hat makers or anything else, there's something to be said for supporting people just so they can continue to do what they love to do. Right. Especially if you enjoy what they do. There's a couple of people that I'm Patreons for. This show is one of them. Um, And I'm doing it mostly because I enjoy what they do and I want to encourage them to continue fucking doing it. Yeah. And, And all of us appreciate that. You know, keeping keeping the craftsmen alive, keeping them going. Yeah, I think that 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 is a a, a wonderful thing. Keeping craftsmen going. Um, when you buy a used hat, the hatter who made that hat has already been paid. Now, you, now I understand you're 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 paying the retailer. That you're paying. The, the guy who runs the antique clothing shop. And it's good to keep him in business as well, too, because he's got to make a living. Yeah. And I, I like the people who are able to take older things, clean them up, refurbish them, repair them, mend them, and send them out, because they're also doing a lot to help keeping the craft alive. Um, yes. But I wore so much secondhand clothing when I was younger, when I was a kid growing up, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I. I, I really. I have a hard time wearing secondhand clothing now. Um. I and I. I don't know what to say about that. I. I and I. And I. And so I know it's a part of the hobby. But the thing is, I would rather spend the money and and buy a reproduction from somebody who's going to make it fit me. Right. So that's that's my thought. That's my thought well, on it. To, to kind of expand a little bit, um, there's I've noticed as I've gotten older, I want to make things more mine. Right. You know, um, when I was younger, it was about, hey, I'm just glad I can fucking afford, it. you know. Um, but as I've gotten older, um, that has not been as big a concern for me as I want this. You know, when I walk into a parking lot and look for my car, I want to be able to point it out really easily. And say, car. You know what yep. I mean. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. That's what I want. You know. And and right now I've I've got a car, and you've seen it. I've yeah. put one sticker on it so far. I'm going to put other stickers right. on it just because it's a cheap way. And the way they make stickers nowadays, it's not like the old bumper stickers where you got to be out there with a freaking um, razor blade scratching up your paint to try and get the damn thing off. Yep. You know. So if, if and when I sell it they're going to be able to take those stickers off without damaging the paint underneath them now. Exactly. So I don't feel guilty about putting these new, like the, I guess they call them decals now. They don't call them stickers. Right. I don't know what that means. I remember the plastic decal. Remember plastic models? You used to make model airplanes. Oh, yeah. You'd have to soak them in water and then slide it off. And Yep. This isn't like that. But anyway, you know, so I, I, um, I appreciate having something unique. And that's something as I've gotten older and really honestly financially can afford it. Yep. That I seek out a lot more, definitely. 
So I get what you're saying. I really do. Um, I guess I'm a bit more of a romantic in that I like knowing that I'm preserving the story of something, even if I don't necessarily know that story. Right. But I also completely get what you're saying as well, where by buying a new hat, you're encouraging the the trade and the tradition to continue. And there's something something very good to be said for doing that as well. Yep. So I guess to answer Jack Crud's question, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. <laughs> That's yeah. They, so yeah, there you go. That's that's the ticket. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also because the thing is is that um, what else, what else, what else did I want to end the show with? Because we wanted to keep this, you know, keep this this focused on, you know, the listeners. You know, keeping it about um, well, appreciating our community that that has grown over the past umpteen years. Yeah, you know, I mean we you and I have talked in private about, you know, some of the members of the community in particular. And, and in some cases it's how we wish we could assist them through some difficulty they're going through. And, you know, there's been times when you and I have said, you know, if I could just freaking drive or fly over there yeah. and, and help the guy out, I would. Um, but we honestly do care. There is, you know, we're not just, throwing out platitudes of, you know, thanks for listening to my show, guys. I appreciate it. We genuinely do right. appreciate everyone who listens to yep. the show. And the more you share with us, the happier we're going to be because we like hearing about it. Exactly. There's And there's and there are so many things that we want to be able to share um, and and discuss on, on this podcast. So another thing that I, there's two other things that I wanted to talk about. Another thing is, um, you also posted something here. Um, and this is going to tie into the thing about the rocketeer that you, that you had posted. This is going to tie into, um, I wanted to, I I wanted to talk a couple of minutes about John Pica. Okay. Um, oh yeah. With his, um, yeah. Wanting to create a shared universe. He's basically creating... I'm sorry if I'm stealing your thunder yeah, here. Yeah, you are. Go ahead. Um, Steal my thunder. <laughs> he's basically creating a, a shared universe. Now, a shared universe, literally, literary speaking, in literary yep. circles, is when you get more than one creator involved in developing a mythos of a world. The most famous shared world um, out there is probably H.P. Lovecraft. Yep. With his um, Cthulhu. Right. That was something he started. And then his friends, uh, Robert E. Howard, the creator of Conan and Solomon Kane and a bunch of other characters, um, they helped flesh it out. They wrote right. stories in that setting and helped him flesh it out. And it's, he apparently is looking to do the same thing. Yep. And I'm thinking that is freaking phenomenal. So you should write I would something. I'd love to help out with that. Oh, yeah, you should too, dude. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm six pages into it already. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm slacking. I get it. I get it. Okay, okay. And 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 it's based on a true story. Oh, that's that. See, that makes it even better. It is. Um, and I'm also contributing some of my comments, uh, my commentary. Um, like if you, like if you wanted to republish, this is Diesel Punk. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he, I obviously, definitely, I'd like him to 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 republish it um, in in his anthology follow up to Tales from the Flip Side. Go get yourself a copy of Tales from the Flip Side, or reach out to John Pica, just um, the Diesel Punks group. It's Diesel Punks with an S, and and he's plastered this all over the place. Reach out to John Pica. Get a copy of his book. Read read his book. Understand what his shared universe is and all and, and all about. And um, get and and get into it. Come up with an idea about the quote deco verse, and um, and collaborate with him. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm in I'm in my story. Um, uh, and it's a it's um it's a um, a, it's about personal tragedy that occurs when you live in a multiverse. And um, the this is probably one of the most exciting things that I've been involved in since raising kids with my wife. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'm on I'm I'm on the fence here. Oh, I'm on I'm on the fence here because. Um, Three times already, we've we've tried to get involved with with events, and mm-hmm. we've said, "Yeah, we really want to do this. We really want to do this thing." And what usually happens is so, it's like something will follow will fall through. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been three conventions that we have we have helped and we've supported. And yeah, we're going to be there. We want to be there. Like the thing is, is that we want to be in, just name a state, Utah. We want, we, yep. we want to go to a convention and we want to have kind of like a diesel punk jazz era retro centrics summit at a convention. And, yep. pe- and, can, and people who run conventions have reached out to us and said, can you help us? promote our convention and i said absolutely we would yeah we would love to do a panel at the convention as well and i get this rude response banks no no we just want the free publicity and that's it and i've gotten to the point now whereas i will not mention a convention unless i'm thinking about going to it and i need some kind of commitment from these people who say yeah we'd love to be able to have you as i don't want to i don't want to be an honored guest I don't want to be a feature. I, I want to be a featured speaker, but I don't want you. You know, don't roll out the red carpet for me and and have like an honor guard with your phasers and shit. You know, I you know I just want you know, I I just want to be. I just want to contribute to the convention, and right. whether it's and whether it's just covering it, doing interviews. I like we wanted to do a live recording of this podcast in front of a live studio audience and show people how the sausage is made, as Adam Carolla likes to say. And three times this has fallen through because the first time it fell through is because I could not get a commitment from the people running this convention in Piscataway for do we actually have the space? Do we have the room to set up? And 
one of the convention people said, yes, we, yes, you know what? Just do, just do the, um, the interviews in your hotel room. And <laughs> are you, are you, are you, are you high? Are you smoking crack? <laughs> that's not, that's not you setting up a space for us. That's, 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 no, that's. <laughs> and the thing is, is that one of the reasons why that this convention had to change and become what it is now is because the people who used to run this convention, one of the guys who used to run this convention is an accused rapist. And he's been accused of sexual misconduct. So me doing a, a rev, uh, an interview with somebody behind closed doors next to the bed where I was sleeping earlier, that's bad vibes. That sends the wrong vibe. It, it sends the wrong vibe. Bad yeah. vibes. Another convention that we were going to go to, and we were we were going to do. A, I was going to be a part of a panel about the paranormal and doing a podcast talking about podcasting. The paranormal was going to be the name of it, and the convention folded. Okay, strike. You know that's not my fault. Not the other time, and we've talked about this several times during the, so far this year. They decided that they were not going to promote the convention and only 50 to 100 people showed up. What would be the point in me getting on an airplane, flying down there, getting the hotel room, getting the rental car, spending thousands of dollars to do this if only 50 people show up? Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, granted, after that, their only direction to go in is up. So there's this other group. That's in in Atlanta, and I and I bet you could like make, Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta in February, and a, I like Atlanta in February. A lot of us, some of us, are thinking about doing a panel on diesel punk, and we are seriously thinking one of the things that we're going to start doing is doing fundraisers. So that they can get you and me and hopefully Carol mm-hmm. to this convention and and li- literally do a Q, do a panel, a Q&A. Well, on, if, it's, it's, if it's about diesel pump, we've got, Pika's got to come. Pika, uh, yeah, I, I, I would almost guarantee you Pika's going to be there um, yeah. unless something happens. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that I want to reach out to these people. I want to promote this because it's 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 an event that I believe in. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a little behind the curtain. Um, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, three times, four times, shame on me. I really want to get behind. I want to help these people out as much as we can. Have, yeah. you know, advertise for them. But the bumpers for the podcast, so yeah. long as it doesn't, they they don't flake out on us, right? Because one of the things that and and this weekend, either today or tomorrow, I'm going to be releasing a podcast where I interviewed um, somebody who runs conventions, and one of the things that we talk about is why are conventions dying? How come there aren't? Con- how come there are not? How come there aren't conventions the way that they used to be? Right. What what's happened? Yeah, it would be that would be a really interesting conversation. How did this because, happen? Well, I know part of it, part of it at, at least has to do with the San Diego Comic Con. Um, I know the convention here in Salt Lake, the Salt Lake Comic Con 
was successfully sued by the San Diego Comic-Con, and they are prohibited from calling themselves a Comic-Con, which to me is ridiculous. Right. That's like Ford, who did not invent the automobile, suing Chevy and telling them they cannot call what they sell an automobile. Right. It's it's a bullshit thing. It's, yeah. it's absolute total bullshit because they're not even the biggest they're the most commonly known because right. they're in La La Land. Right. Right? Well, they're in San Diego, but it's close enough to La La Land that La La Land goes to it, right? Yeah. Because it's convenient for them. See, the main reason why that got as big as it did, if we're being completely honest. L.A. now has its own Comic-Con convention that they can't call a Comic-Con because San Diego is going to sue their asses. Right. Like, com- so yeah. I'm pretty sure that has something to do with it. Well, but com- it'd be interesting to see if they run conventions. Is it more, you know, like, because I'm in the American Legion and the American Legion is having conventions celebrating their 100th anniversary. Yeah. And it looks like they're desperate to get people to go because a lot of people just aren't going. So I'm wondering if it's, you know, are conventions dying? That's one, so of, the, that that's one, of, that's one of the things that we talked about. Um, and, and for, and for me to be perfectly honest with you, I think the answer is yes. I, yeah. I, 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 I do. I honestly think that the answer is yes. Which is a shame. I mean, there's something, something about getting together with, you know, a group of people who have a common interest, even if you don't know them, right. you know, at least that you share that interest, you know? I, I, I think it's, I think it's a case of, um, too much of a good thing. People getting burnt out on it. Um, there's well, there's a handful of reasons, and I, I don't know if I want to get into this too much here. I think mm-hmm. that the I think for me one of the biggest reasons why, uh, with the exceptions of the May, like the comic cons, like the mm-hmm. San Diego comic con, the uh, the 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 comic cons, the quote comic cons that are run by the Comic-Con Corporation, I guess. The same people who run the New York Comic-Con and San Diego Comic-Con, it's the same company, all right? So um, you go to these huge Comic-Cons and there are like 3,000 people in a giant room, almost a stadium, right? And the thing is, is that you're not going to get up close and personal with like... The stars of Battlestar Galactica. You're not going to get up close and personal and 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 you know shake their hands unless you're willing to spend a hundred and fifty dollars and stand in line for a half an hour or an hour. Yeah. Um, conventions have gotten like like too big, as it were. But then, one of the greatest conventions I've ever been to was the first one I ever went to. And you ever notice like you can't you never forget your first. <laughs> it was a double tree. In Cambridge, Massachusetts, or Boston, Massachusetts, run by the local science fiction society, and they had a couple of big, huge name guests, like like the senior editor for Starlog magazine was there, and he that's, did. That's huge, especially he, back then. That's and, huge. And um, all right, hold on, hold on. Sure, we got to do a PSA for the those younger members of our audience. Back before the internet, you found shit out by going to. The, the news, uh, what do they call it? The newsstand. Right. And buying a magazine. <gasps> and the magazine would have articles that you would read, and that's how you learn stuff. 
before there was an internet. Okay, continue. I'm a little disturbed that you had to use your uh, Mr. Rogers voice for that. So, but the thing, <laughs> but the thing is, is that I think is I think his name was Terry Quinn, and I actually spoke. I I actually spoke to him. I says he wrote this article, this editorial that was really helped me out through a very difficult period when a friend of mine passed away. And it's like being able to say to this guy, thank you so much for writing this article. And then it was awkward when I bumped into him a couple more times later on uh, because it was a, it was an intimate convention. You would go, they had panels, how to get your work published, how to become a graphic designer for Starlog magazine. They didn't act, I'm, I'm using hyperbole to prove a, make a point. How how to become a graphic designer for science fiction publications? How to be how to become an author? How to you know how to write commentary, um, model making? How how to use fiberglass to create your own R two D two replica? Mm-hmm. Those kind of things, and it was just like that was important stuff. And you're in a room with five hundred people max. And you could break off into little groups and just to have conversations. Right. And the first convention I went to, the rooms were small. So you had maybe 15, 20 people in the room. Yeah. And they also they also had like after convention parties that were amazing. And um, I really, I, I miss that kind of um, sense of community. They don't have it anymore. Right. I don't it's think. It's too commercialized. Yeah. Um, and it's not a bad, it's, it, it is what it is. Right. Good, um, bad, or indifferent yeah. is up to the individual, but, but it th- definitely is something that's changing. But I, th- I think it's over. I think that the, unless something happens and I, and here's the thing, I hope I'm wrong. There should be a convention yeah. there. I think that there should be conventions where you can go and hang out with fellow numbskulls who are also passionate about um, uh, diesel just to be clear, we're not talking about, yeah, we're not talking about just like comic cons, right? Because there's a convention in uh, the Bay Area of San Francisco every year about video games. Yep. And pinball machines. There's a, and when I say video games, I don't mean like Xbox. I mean the classic stand-up arcade video games. Right. There are people out there who actually build them as a hobby. I used to work with one of them. He's a friend of mine. Um, also, there's um, there's conventions out there for people who like trains. Yeah, you know they can talk to engineers of certain trains and stuff like that. There's a lot of conventions out there for whatever interest you're into. It's almost like Rule Thirty Four only in real life, right? And it's not porn. It's more socially acceptable than porn. Well, I don't know about socially acceptable because some people are weird. But anyway, yep. Um, it's it is. There's something about knowing that you're not the only one who has that interest that builds an inherent sense of community. And I think if conventions do go away, you're going to kind of lose that because then the only way you're going to find it is through the internet. And it's different when you're talking to someone face-to-face. Like you said, you're able to shake the man's hand who wrote an article that helped you through a particularly dark time in your life. Yeah. There's something very 
rewarding about that. I was able to thank that person. Yeah. You know, um, it saddens me a little bit to think that that might be going away. There's something exciting about it. Um, we happen to be, we're lucky. I'm lucky in that I live in an area where there's a lot of literary people. Yeah. A lot of, uh, good writers like Brandon Sanderson lives down the street from me. Um, when I say down the street, I mean that in the country sense of down the street, not the literal sense of down the street. Right. Um, I literally bumped into him at Barnes and Noble. He was signing books and I was not paying attention to where I was going. And I walked into him. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Richard Dean Anderson. Um, another writer. We went to a, a writing convention because my daughter was getting into writing. And she was able to meet meet them and talk to them. And it was a small enough convention that she was able to talk to them more than just, hey, I'm going to get your autograph, and you have that 30-second conversation as long as it takes them to scribble their name. Right. It was, they were able, she was actually able to sit in a room with her and 10 other people and have a conversation and say, well, what do you do about this if you're writing and you run across this? What do you do, you know, and get actual real advice how do i break into writing and things like that are really i think invaluable yeah to especially the younger generation who want to get into something if you're able to talk to someone who's in the industry you want to get into it's eye-opening if if you're paying attention and you're asking the right questions you may be able to actually get into that industry or at least learn that maybe you don't want to get into maybe it's you know the reality is not as exciting yeah as you think it is so I, w I would be sad to see conventions go. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I think that, I think the, um, I think the, the, the die is cast or the die is set. I, I, I think that um, events have been put in motion where, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I think it's done. I really, I, I, I. And you might be right. Yeah, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope, mm -hmm. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that somehow a lot of things can be turned around because, but the, one of the things that we, you know, we've talked about is how like you take a, take a city like um, Nashville and you mm -hmm. have two groups of people who run conventions and one group um, spreads rumors and starts a social media war against the second group um, simply because they're competing for the same date. And it was like, that's, that, yeah. you know, that's alienating people. That's alienating fence sitters who were like, I was thinking about going to this convention, but if that's how dumb they're going to oh, behave, I, I don't want to go. I'm not yeah. interested. I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested in, in being a part of that. Right. Um, and there's, I mean, it's like, was it, it was Mike and Ike's as a um, promo, as a sales thing, they basically were trying to tell people that Mike and Ike had gotten into a fight and you had to choose sides. And it's, that, it, I don't think it turned out well for them as, as, as they thought it was going to. And I don't like seeing that kind of playing one side off the other because there's enough of that that goes on in real life. Don't we don't need fucking fake shit doing it too nobody you know? nobody need nobody needs that anymore right i mean what they think there wasn't enough of that on the nightly news or something i mean that we had to add more in life uh, i just 
it seemed like it was a failed idea to me from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. Um, if that's the way of the future, if conventions are going away again, I, I personally am saddened by it because I, I have fond memories of going to conventions of meeting people at conventions, maybe not famous people, but people that were at least locally leaders in whatever that convention was about, you know? And yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame in many ways, I think. Yeah. But you know, what are you going to do? Move on, you know, and, and, and maybe we need to start supporting these other events that are, uh, that are at least trying, um, yeah, there's one. There's one in Atlanta that we're going to try and go to, and then sooner than that, there's one in December, in the beginning of December. And I've okay. I, and I've talked to these people about being a panelist about the future. Like I I I, I wrote a presentation on steampunk mm-hmm. and why steampunk matters and yep. the future of steampunk. And is there one? I say, tune in and find out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week when we'll answer the question of Is there a future for steampunk? Sorry, I don't mean to stretch like that. Um, but is there a is there is there a future for diesel punk? Um, and 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 what's what's going to happen? Um, what is what's going to happen when conventions become a thing in the past? I I think that I and. There could come a time when people get burned out on the mega conventions and people start going back to, um, you know, the smaller conventions again. But I think that, you know, the thing we are going to promote the conventions that are not looking for free advertising from us. We are looking to promote the conventions where we, where we will be participating. Um, and do what we can, and if it's and if it if it if it's one of our listeners that's throwing on a convention, we, we would like to promote them. Yeah, definitely want to prioritize the listener. Yeah. So, yeah, and we're going to have more news about these events. I'm going to get in touch with them and say, yeah, we really want to do this. So, Jay, is there anything else you want to talk about, or is is there any final last words that you have? Uh, no, not right, not really. I mean, I just, I just, I. I'm happy and proud to be a member of a community like this where we're about encouraging each other. And I'm, I'm really happy and proud to be part of that. I think we need more of that in this world. Absolutely. All right, Jay, I will see you later. And thanks for another awesome show. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you will get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for the Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. 
Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles News. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.